Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hi everybody, Patricia Warby Alchemy Therapies here. Um, and today I want to do a quick book review of a book I've just finished reading. And that's this one. It's Suzanne O'Sullivan, It's All in Your Head. Um, it was a, a welcome book prize winner in 2016. I've only just come across it. Um, and a well-deserved winner, actually. It's subtitled Stories from the Frontline of Psychosomatic Illness. And, and Suzanne is a neurologist based in the UK in the NHS. She works as a consultant in the NHS. And she's talking primarily from the view of a neurologist and the sorts of disorders she sees, which are a uh, high level, about 30 to 40 percent, are what we call uh, dissociative or conversion disorders. Things like um, seizures, which are often believed to be initially epileptic, turn out to not be epilepsy at all. And she's talking really about what the distinction is. What is a conversion disorder? Well, and it's an old term, actually, conversion. Basically, what it says is that emotions are translated into physical symptoms. And, and the point of the title, I guess, it's all in your head, is both what people sort of um, think about when they think of a psychosomatic illness, that they've kind of made it all up. But it's also um, very true that, that your brain is controlling this to a large degree, and it's controlling where the symptoms occur and how severe they are and when they strike. And the problem with having that diagnosis, as Suzanne quite clearly says, is that people feel that you're saying you've made it, you've made it all up or you're doing this to yourself as if it's a blame game, um, which isn't really what psychosomatic disease really means. It, it means that there's something psychological, and when you think of that, also think of emotional, that is translating into the soma, the body. Um, and because this artificial division of mind and body that modern medicine has is part of the problem, really, that a physical problem must be purely physical or a mental problem must be purely mental is, of course, a complete nonsense because the body doesn't work in segments like that. It, it, it's a holistic uh, total. So uh, I thought it was very interesting. And there is a, a short section on chronic fatigue syndrome, which is my specialism, where uh, Suzanne obviously isn't as... Uh, a, perhaps is knowledgeable on chronic fatigue syndrome because neurology doesn't tend to get sent that. Um, you tend to get sent to rheumatology or endocrinology when you have a, a possible diagnosis of chronic fatigue. But I thought um, what she did manage to say is that people who get diagnosed with these conditions, because there is no model that explains them, often get left behind and they often get worse over time. And that's exactly what I see. Um, because look, if you've got a condition, I don't know, uh, something that isn't understood and known about diabetes, for instance, you have a plan, you have medication, you have uh, consultation and assessment, or you should do. But with something like uh, dissociative disorders of any kind, you you are left kind of feeling like it's a non-diagnosis. It's like it doesn't really 
uh, have a plan. And you can feel a great deal of shame also with that diagnosis because it feels like you somehow caused it yourself. And that, that isn't what dissociative disorder means. And so I really wanted to do a piece on this to explain why stress-related illness, which is um, what we're talking about here, is a very real thing. It's very physical. It's not made up. It isn't something you're doing to yourself deliberately. Uh, it's an unconscious response. And we really have to understand that, that the majority of your brain is unconscious and it will create uh, situations for you. Well, think of it. If, if you don't think about breathing, you don't think about digesting. These are things that go on unconsciously all the time. They're normal functions. But the brain is also able to create meaning from your life experience and from what's going on around you and interpret things and create a response which it believes is appropriate. Now, the problem is that being unconscious, it's not something you'll necessarily be aware of. And Suzanne is very clear about this, you know, saying in the book that most people who get ill like this aren't aware that they're under stress. Most of them uh, would say, no, my life is good, you know, or it's just getting really um, a lot better. Um, maybe they're in a, a a difficult job but they love it uh, or they're in a, a situation with family that feels like you know there's a lot to juggle but it's it's what you always wanted the unconscious stresses are more to do with what the pattern is that your brain has based your life on so the unconscious response is looking for pattern matching and it's saying what happened to this person when they were young is the blueprint, if you like, for how they respond to things later on in life. And so if, for instance, you've always wanted a family of, of your own, but the family you grew up in was unsupportive or they didn't get you or they deliberately undermined you, then there'll be an unconscious conflict and a fear unexpressed uh, consciously, but there anyway, about what might happen should you create a family of your own? Um, if also one or both of your parents modeled overwork, you know, exhaustion, um, if there was financial stress and you are in a high pressure job as an adult now, the unconscious stress will be, will I end up like them? You know, um, and it won't be voiced. It won't be, you won't be aware of it. You'll just be focused on getting ahead and doing the best you can. So these things work subtly uh, and the body remember can't talk to you it doesn't have a language the only way it can express its pain or its distress is by giving you symptoms and so symptoms are information that's what they are and where they occur is very interesting too and they'll often move around the body so symptoms often start early in childhood sometimes in the teens with gastric issues gut problems skin issues uh, allergies and so on so they would what they're what we would call um sort of surface presentations if you like they're they're um, they're distressing but they're not life-threatening and then as time goes on and nothing is done to change the pattern then the the pain or the distress is communicated in in a deeper way and so then you might get joint pain or um back issues um uh, chronic bedwetting, things like that, that, that sort of are going deeper. 
And because growing up, you don't really have control over that and you also don't have anything to compare it with, uh, apart from maybe your friends and maybe they're not suffering or maybe they are, um, you don't know what's normal. And so you have nothing to say to yourself, oh, this isn't right. This is just the way things are. And so you'll often continue the pattern unconsciously throughout your life into adulthood. And then the symptoms may change yet again as the stresses increase, because there's no doubt about it. Adulthood has a lot more stress in it, probably Uh, depends on your childhood, obviously. But in general, we increase in our stress load as we take on more responsibility for life. That's how it should be. And you'll find uh, the symptoms move and develop. We call it the symptom imperative because they're trying to tell you something. And what modern medicine does is it says, well, the symptom is the issue. So if it's back pain, that's where the problem is. And we need to scan you and test you. And nobody ever asks you what stress are you under or what happened to you in childhood? Because that's one of the most fundamental questions as the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Experience Study, found out. Um, that was a study done in, uh, the, I think, the end of the last century, actually, 1999, I think it was. Um, but it had massive uh, ramifications for how we understand stress-related illness. We saw that what happens to you in childhood is one of the main determinants for your life course, um, for how well you uh, function and what illnesses you're likely to have and, indeed, how long you're likely to live. Um, it's a massive, massive factor over and above every other factor. It's, it outstrips smoking, exercise, diet, you know, it's just massive because it creates these unconscious stress responses. So I found the book to be um, fascinating. I mean, I, I have had clients with um, seizures and it's been very interesting for me to learn how a neurologist views that because it was always in the back of my mind that, that the seizures my clients were having were probably to do with stress emotional stress responses but of course I wasn't qualified to say that but now I've read this book I feel like yes I, I was on the right track um, and so many of her clients most of them are female by the way uh, I think she's got a couple of men in the book but that's reflective of the nature of these illnesses it used to be called hysteria by the way um, back in the 19th century it was considered to be a form of hysteria which was put down to having a wandering womb believe it or not um, scientists actually believe that the womb was a an organ that moved around the body and caused all sorts of problems um, we now know that is obviously not true and uh, you know uh, it's it's a typical um, blame blame the woman kind of for her physiology approach but uh, obviously women do suffer more from these conditions than men do and we have to ask ourselves is that the nature of the female psyche I believe there is something in that um, we tend to be more uh, attuned to our environment biologically uh, in in order to raise children you need to be aware of what's going on in your environment and our brains are subtly different to male brains so it could be that it could be that the society we live in tends to uh, dump stress onto the lowest members of society um, and whether that's your ethnic group or your religious group or your gender, um, you know, it's still true that women carry the majority of stress in our culture. And so I think there's that factor going on as well. But um, how they're treated, of course, in medicine is that these conditions are not 
valid. And so people end up feeling that they have been dismissed and therefore they seek more and more tests. And that's something she goes into a, a lot of detail. And, and we see that this is costing billions um, in terms of the, all the unnecessary testing that's going on because people simply cannot believe that something so physical can be caused by emotional stress. And, well, I'm here to tell you that it absolutely can. It happened to me. Um, it took me a long time to get my head around that and to understand that it wasn't my personal failing but how I had been trained to respond to stress. My system goes into overdrive. I'm what's called a highly sensitive person. And that's a category of people. It's um, whether it's nature or nurture, I'm not quite sure, but there's probably 15 to 20% of the population who are highly sensitive. We, we just have a greater appreciation of um, stimuli. Our brains are very highly attuned to stimuli. And we fill up the doctor's offices and, you know, uh, we are the majority of patients because we suffer from this uh, psychosomatic issue. And so we need to address sensitivity. We need to understand what it is and deal with it appropriately and not dismiss people and say that, you know, you're making this up and it isn't real. So um, I highly recommend the book. It's it. It took me a few days, probably about a week to read. Um, it's obviously based on case studies. That's the nature of her her role, obviously. But um, a very, very well-written book. Um, you can tell that she has a vast amount of experience, I think 25, 30 years of experience. And, and it just it's such a humane story, really. To understand how people suffer is really important to help people heal. And that's what I do. And so if you're interested in uh, contacting me, my contact details are always in the description below. And if you're interested in the book, it's uh, available at all bookstores. And I highly recommend it. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Bye bye, everybody. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.